song. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this time to give back, Lord, unto you. We pray, God, that you bless this offering, multiply it, sanctify it, God, use it for your glory, for your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Y'all worship with us this morning.
thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
serve a way maker and it doesn't matter what we face no matter what trial we're in what situation is in our life I'm thankful my wife chose to sing that song because that runs right in line with my message this morning how God makes a way for us if you have your Bible go with me please to Psalms chapter 40 Psalms chapter 40, verses 1 through 3. Psalms chapter 40, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, I walked patiently, or I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. Verse 3. And he had put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear, and shall trust in the name of the Lord, or in the Lord. I want to preach just for a few moments on out of the mire into the choir. Out of the mire into the choir. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for this time that you've given me, Lord, to preach your word. God, I pray, God, that this morning that you anoint me, Lord, like never before. Lord, that you pour fresh and a new anointing upon me that I may preach your word this morning with boldness, with clarity, with authority. That way your people here will be blessed and encouraged by your word and by your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. 
David here in Psalm chapter 40, we're not really sure about the time frame that this passage of scripture was written and recorded and penned by King David. Some uh, scholars believed it was the time uh, he was running from Saul. And then sometimes it was uh, believed that it was during the reign of Absalom. But either way, if it was through the time of Saul or through the time of Absalom, that David was found, he found himself in a place to where he has never really experienced before, that he was in a place to where he was in a pit. He was in a deep, dark pit of his life. He was in the miry clay and how you and I can say that we all have experienced that once or time or two in our own lives, that we have all experienced ourselves in a miry pit, in a miry clay. And I'm sure that you and I also may have a testimony and a praise report that I remember back one time when God or when the enemy put me in a miry clay or in a miry pit. And what I mean by miry is a miry clay. It's slippery. It's slimy and you can't grab a hold of anything. And when you find yourself in the miry clay that, that you cannot get out of it, it's like the more you fight it, it's like in a sense quicksand. It's like the more you fight it, the more you try to pull your own self out, the more and more you sink in. That's why we have all heard so many times people say that God pulled me up out of the muck in the miry clay because we by our own strength and we by our own hands, we cannot pull our own self up out of the miry clay. We've all been there a time or two, and maybe some of you here this morning, you may be there right now, even as I'm preaching this message. But David said, despite of where I am, despite of the fact that I'm in this miry pit, that God will bring me out of this miry pit and place me in the choir. God will take you from the mire and place you in the choir. He will put a new song in your heart, a new song on your lips. That way you go and rejoice and, and, and sing all the praise and glory to God. Now through verses 1 through 3, I want to show you three, three things in this passage of scripture. Number one, the saints had experienced his tenderness. He extends his tenderness to the waiting ones. Verse 1, if you notice, it said that David, I waited upon the Lord. I waited upon the Lord. And see, so many times when we find ourselves in those predicaments and in those pits in our, or our lives and those battles and those, through all those trials, we want to get ahead of God. But David said, I waited upon the Lord. And see, sometimes we find ourselves in more in-depth, more deeper into a situation, into a, a trial or into a pit because we get ahead of God. Well, God's saying you're there for a reason. You're there for a learning time. And see, like I've said many, many times before, that it's when we go through the valleys, when we go through the trials, when we go through the things that we're facing, we all look at those things that we're facing and that we're going through as God punishing me. God, I've done something wrong, and this is my payment for it. No, my friend, I want to encourage you that the, the reason that sometimes that you go through trials and through certain battles and through sometimes those miry pits is because God puts us there for reason and for growing and for maturing and for strength. See, David was there for a season. He was there for a purpose, and it was because God wanted him to look upon him for strength and look upon him for the strength to pull him out. 
Can you remember that day when you were in the pit? Can you look back just for a moment, the time that you were in that pit, in that miry clay? Can you look back and say, I found myself in my lowest time. I found myself in the deepest time of my life. But even when I looked up, I could barely even see the light. And it's like our arms are not long enough. Our, we're not tall enough to reach up to the top and pull our own self up out of the pits that we're in. The more we do it by our own strength, by our own might, and our own ability. The more we sink in, the more we fall and falter. But it's then by these times, God's saying, now you see that you're without me, without my hand upon your life, without me walking by your side. You yourself in your own mind, your own mentality, you cannot pull yourself out of this. Actually, I think, and it may seem crazy to some here this morning, but I'm thankful that for my piss. I'm thankful for the miry clay that he pulled me out. I'm thankful for the time that I was in that valley a time or two. I was in that battle or that trial because when I came out of it, when God finally pulled me out of it, when God finally grabbed a hold of my hand and he showed me that tenderness, see, God could easily walk past that pit and be justified for it because it was not him himself who committed the sin. It was not him himself that put us in that clay. It was us that put ourselves in that position. See, God, see, Jesus Christ has every right to walk us by, to pass us on by, because it was not his sins. It was our sins. He did not have to go to the cross. It was our sins, not his. But for the love and compassion and grace and mercy that Jesus Christ has on the inside of his heart for us, he stops by and reaches down his hands and picks us up out of the clay. No feeling, no greater despair, no feeling more of anxiety than you and I have of just knowing that we're in that position and knowing the more we fight, the more we're going to dig ourselves deeper and deeper and deeper. But God, through his love and mercy, has tenderness towards us. He has that love and that compassion that says that's my child. That's my creation. That's my beloved daughter. That's my beloved son in that pit. I'm not going to pass them by. I'm going to walk on by and reach my hand down there to the lowest of the lowest, to the dirtiest of the dirtiest, and I'm going to pull them up out of that clay. Also, he extends his tenderness to the wounded ones. To the wounded ones. And David found himself in a horrible pit. David speaks of him being wounded with problems and burdens of life. See, sometimes that's what puts us in the pits. It's from the burdens, from the hurt, from that weight that we carry. And see, we allow so much weight to rest upon our shoulders. And we think, I got this. I got this. I don't need no help. I don't need nobody's hand down. I don't need no support from nobody else. I've got this. And what will happen, that weight will get heavier. That weight will get bigger. That weight will get more uh, uh, stingerous on our shoulders to the point where we start walking lower and lower and lower. And the more lower we get, the more in-depth in that pit we become. Did, not, did God not say, cast your burdens and cast your cares upon me and see if I don't give you rest? Church, I'm going to tell you this morning, until you and I put our full trust in the Lord, we cannot do this. This, this time and season that we are all in, this year 2020, that we none of, ex, of us expected it was going to come, we are not going to make it. And the more we try, the more we fight, the more in depth in that hole we're going to get. God is trying to wake us up. 
It says, without my strength, without my grace and mercy upon your life, you are not going to make it. Amen. Thank God for his hand of tenderness. He also extends his tenderness to the wretched ones. To the wretched ones. If you notice in verse 1, David said, he inclined unto me. He inclined unto me. That word inclined means to stretch out or to bend. I'm so thankful this morning that when I call upon the name of Jesus, when I call upon that precious name, when I call upon that wonderful name, Jesus Christ, he, don't, he doesn't turn his head. He doesn't turn his back. He, he, he bends an ear and says, who called my name? Who is that that lifted up my name? Who is that one in despair? Who is that one in that pit? Who is there that one in that miry clay? He bends his ears to hear. And it says that we can never reach the top. Ephesians 2 and 1 says we're all dead in our sins and our trespasses. A dead person cannot do anything because they're dead. That also goes to physical and spiritually. If you are physical dead, you cannot do anything. If you're spiritually dead, you cannot do anything. God stretched forth his hands in spite of our clay, in spite of our time and our season. He stretched out even to the wretched ones. The ones that we thought were never going to make it. The ones we cast out. The one we put off aside, put on the back burner. God said, no, no, I'm not going to forget them as well. I'm so thankful that he did that for you and for I. I Secondly, the saints have experienced his touch. The saints have experienced his touch. They have experienced the grace of his touch. He brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. It shows that David went through some stuff that he has never fought or faced before. He did something about it. Jesus, when he passed by, not only did David cry out, not only did David call upon him and say, help me, get me out of here. Jesus did not just walk him by. Jesus did not just pass him by. He did something about it. You see, if a legalist came by and saw a sinner in a pit, listen to this, he would just preach a sermon about a danger of a pit. If a re religionist came by and saw that same sinner in a pit, he would talk about steps the sinner could take to get him out of that pit and to avoid future pits. But if a pessimist, and a pessimist, what that is or who that is, is a person that always sees the worst of everything. If a pessimist walked by, he would tell that sinner that he is going to die in that pit. If an optimist came by, he would tell that sinner that there has been worse pits than that. If a realist came by, he would tell that man just to accept his pit and go on. If a spiritualist came by, that person in a pit, he would tell that sinner that you have no pit. There's no pit. You're just making this stuff up. But if Jesus passed by that pit, if Jesus Christ passed by that pit, he would not just pass them by. He would get down inside the pit with them just like he did the three Hebrew children and, and Daniel, in the book of Daniel Jesus did not just pass them by Jesus got up in the fiery furnace with them because King Nebuchadnezzar looked at them and said did we not throw three men in that fiery furnace and he said yes we did then why do I see four and that fourth one looks like a son of man I'm going to tell you one thing this morning that I am so thankful that Jesus Christ 
don't just reach out a hand, that he don't show up on the scene. He gets down in there with us. Because you know, one thing you've got to understand about Jesus Christ is the fact that he left the splendor of glory in heaven. He came down and robed himself with the fleshly human humankind. And then he walked amongst us. He walked in the presence with us. He robed, he took off the glory. He took all that off and robed himself in human flesh. And he is right there with us. He didn't have to come. He could have stayed right where he was at, on the right hand of the Father. And says, they sinned, they dug themselves in a hole, they done that themselves, and they will pay for what they've done. He had every right to say that. But he said, no, I've got to step on down. I've got to step on down into this pit, what was called our world. He stepped into our pit, our human life, our place, and said, I will be there. I will stretch out my hand. I will pull them out. David also talked about the glories of his touch. Now David is talking about the touch of God and a touch of grace that was now manifested inside of David's life. He talks about uh, the, the glories of his touch, the glories of his power. His touch has the power to forever alter the life ever touched, ever changed. He brought David out of a terrible dungeon. One thing you understand, he has delivered and redeemed us from that pit. Yeah. I'm sure everyone again has a testimony of that. That one time he has brought us all out. Again, the reason he's saying the miry clay. You know anything about miry clay, if you study it, it's slimy. It's self-absorbing. It's sticky. You can't grab it. You can't. You, every time you grab it, it just sinks in. Every time you try to, it's like the more you fight, the more you dig. He talked about the glory of his provision. Not only does David talk about him pulling him out, but he's talking about provision, meaning not only am I going to pull you out of this, David, not only am I going to pull you out of this deep, dark pit that you've been in, that you have fell in, but I've got provision for you. I've got a plan for you. I've got purpose for you. I'm going to pull you out of this out of this pit. I'm going to bring you to a place that you have never been before. I'm going to pull you out of the clay, and I'm going to put you on the rock. Thankful that God still has provision, even our hangups, even in our, our lowest of times, that God still has provision. And see, when we find ourselves in that place and in that situation, we feel like God has rolled us off. We have felt like God has done cast us to the side, and we feel like that there's no there's no more hope. It's like David in this in this Psalms chapter 40, he felt like he was in a helpless and a hopeless situation, that this was it, that God was not going to do anything for him. But not only did God pull him out, not only did God pull you out of the pit, but God also put you on a rock, on a la on a ground of stability, and He has called you to greater purpose. Just because you're in the pit does not mean it's the end. It's only training ground. It's only because He's got you in a place now. He wants you to stop and for a moment realize what He has already done. And, then, and even though that you got into this predicament, that God is still going to bring you out of this. Not only does He talk about his promises and the glory of his touch. We also talk about the glory of his promises. God still has promises. This whole, this whole book right here, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, is filled with promises for the, for the child of God. If you have a relationship and you walk with him daily, you talk with him daily, you're in his word daily, he has promises every day for you and your walk with him. The pit... 
is nothing more but an introduction to the promises of God. It's just a time that we, uh, we fall in and God's saying, it's nothing in I've still got my promises for you. Thirdly, the saints have experienced his transformation. Now, like this part, the saints have experienced his transformation. When the Lord delivered David, he did not just merely change his surroundings, meaning he did not pull him up out of the pit and put him from here to here. When the Lord delivered David, he also worked David into a certain change. David talks about two certain changes he did for him. Number one, the private man has been transformed. The private man, meaning the heart, meaning the spirit. Not only will God deliver you from whatever situation, whatever pit, whatever season or valley that you're in, not only will God deliver you, but he will also transform you. God does not do anything half-heartedly. He does everything wholeheartedly. David said he put a new song in my mouth. When God delivers us from something, and you can tell when you talk to somebody that has been delivered because they've got a praise on their lips. They've got a new song on their heart. They always like, hey, I can tell you back when God delivered me from this. I can remember back when God saved me from this. i got a praise on my heart. i got a praise on my lips. God pulled him out of the miry clay. David pulled him out, out of that pit. But when David got out of the pit, it put a new song because God pulled him from the mire and put him into the choir. Now David has a worship on his heart and that's just like you and I. If God has delivered you from something, if God has brought you from something, there ought to be a praise on your lips. There ought to be a worship in your heart. That way when you go around, you sing the goodness and the grace of God all around to others that they may see. Hallelujah. I want you to listen to something very carefully. Before God done transformation in your life, just like he did David, you had bitterness, you had darkness, and you had hopelessness. Now there is joy, light, and peace. Now watch this. This change in the heart produces a change in the attitude. Mm -mm -mm. When God changes your heart, when God transforms that inner person, that private, that heart, that spirit, there, there, there's a change in your attitude as well. There's a change in your attitude. Now watch this. The change in the heart will put a song on the lips. Why? Because in the heart will always work its way out of the mouth. If God done a change in your heart, if God done a change in your spirit, it will flow out of your mouth. Now what is coming out of your mouth does not resemble the word of God right here. Then God has not done a transformation in your heart. Because what is in the heart will come out of the mouth. And, if, and if, if the heart has been changed, it will flow out of the mouth. Now also, not only did God change his inner being, his spirit and his heart, but he also transformed the outside, the outer man. These changes that God produced in our life might begin on the inside. But watch this. It might start from the inside, but they do not always stay there. They always don't stay on the inside of our heart. When a person is transformed inwardly, they will always manifest it externally. That is very scary right there. The fact that what you are producing outwardly, if it does not line up with the scriptures, what you are producing outwardly, if it does not line up with the word of God, then you have not been transformed inwardly. 
But David is saying, I have been transformed inwardly. I have been transformed outwardly. And if you are out here and you are uh, producing like an outward image or an outward expression of holy, and I'm a church goer, I'm a Christian, but your heart inwardly has not been transformed, then my friend, you are no different from a Sadducee or a Pharisee. That is biblical. That is scripture. You have the form of godliness, but you deny the power thereof. So what we have on the inside should be produced on the outside. And if what we produce on the outside does not match up on the inside, it's called hypocritical. It's called hypocrisy. My friend, I hope we are all careful. And it's, it's scary to know that in the day's time in our church today that we have a choir full of people that are still in the pits. Boy, y'all get quiet on me. We have a choir. No, I don't mean necessarily a whole back row choir singing. I'm not talking about just that. I'm talking about people who proclaim and profess the love and grace of God, produce all, uh, uh, proclaim all the scriptures of the Bible, but yet their heart is so far from God. You are still in the pit. You are still in the miry clay because you are producing something that is not there. David talked about two things that changed his life. After when God pulled him out of the clay, when God delivered him, God transformed him on the inside and also on the outside, David talks about two things that also changed, that changed his life, his actions. Number one, he became a praising man. When he came out of that pit, he became a praising man. David had always had a reason to praise the Lord, but now he has a fresh and a new reason. When God again delivers you from something, when God brings you out of something, when God delivers a certain thing out of your life, you ought to be walking around praising him. You ought to be walking around and become a praising man, a praising woman. And saying, I remember back when I was in the fiery pits of hell, I felt the flames burning the bottom of my feet. But God delivered me. God brought me up. God delivered me and brought me to a new place so therefore I will walk around and glorify his name and worship his name and praise his name because he deserves all the glory, the honor and the praise because he did not have to deliver me, he did not have to bring me out of his pit, he did not have to die on the cross for me but because he loved me and showed me so much more compassion and grace and mercy upon my soul I will forever lift his name and worship him and praise him how dare we ever, ever take God for granted? How, how dare we ever take the goodness and grace of God for granted? When God, we call upon the name of the Lord, we pray unto him and say, God, I'm in a clay. I'm in, I'm in the pit. God, I'm in the battle. I'm in the trial. But God, I'm calling upon your name because I can't do it on my own. I don't have the strength. I'm too tired. I'm too weary. I can't even seem like I can't tell... Uh, take three steps because I'm not ten back. I'm calling upon your name. I need you to come and help me out of this pit. And then when God delivers you, when God finally pulls you out of that place, then now we walk around and we don't praise him. How dare we ever. We take the littlest blessings for granted every day. 
We wake up, we've got, we've got food on the table, we've got clothes on our back, we've got a shower that runs hot and cold water, we've got fresh coffee if we want it, we've got a car that we drive forth back and forth to work. It may not be a brand new one. We might put some tape to hold certain parts on. We may have to uh, have it worked on every now and then, but we've got transportation. We've got a job to go to. We've got benefits. We've got money coming in each and every week to provide for our families. We've got a home to return. We've got a family that loves us. We've got a family that accepts us. we got food on the table before we go to bed. we got a bed to go to so we can lay our head down to rest. How was the, when was the last time you thought, thank God for that? When was the last time you took those each individual little bitty blessings that you and I all take for granted each and every day that God did not have to bless us with? And we say, well, I've got it because I work for it. I got it because I know. No, you did not. God blessed you with the ability and the strength to do what you do and to get what you have. Everything you have is because God gave it to you. God pulled us out of so much in our life. Not only did he pull so much out of our, or pulled us out of so much in our life, but God has kept things from hitting us so many times that you and I have ever, never seen coming. I just preached on Job. What, Wednesday night? I talked about how all that happened to Job, all that came in and, and, and all his family gone, all his belongings gone. Did he see that coming? No. You may have that coming your way in the morning. But God said, uh-uh, not today, Satan. Not more. And he refrained all that from coming and hitting our lives because of the grace and mercy that he has bestowed upon our lives. Yes. See, we got so much that Satan's trying to throw at us, just like Job. Satan had to ask God for permission to do what he did to Job. Every time he plans an attack for us, he says, God, I'm going to do this to him. Like, no, you ain't. Not today. Not today, Satan. Uh-uh. That's why we are to be like David. Walk around as a praising man and, and glorifying God. And lastly, we ought to be a proclaiming man or woman. Not only should we pro, uh, praise him, but we ought to proclaim him. David tells us that he is going to behave in such a manner that all those around him are going to know what God done in his life. God pulled him up out of the deepest, darkest pit that he's ever seen. God has pulled you up out of the deepest, darkest pit that you've ever seen. And how come we are not going around telling everybody what God did for us? I want to tell you this one thing. I can have the worst day in my life. I can have such a bad day on the job. And I've actually had this happen to me. I've had people come up to me and say, hey, bro, let me tell you about what God did last night at church. Oh, we had a phenomenal service. God moved and the rain poured down and the fire. It was all there. People were just getting such blessed and seeing the fire and the compassion from them telling me, it puts a fire and compassion in my own heart, and it, it builds me up and encourages me and makes me stronger. It blesses my heart, blesses my spirit, all because one person took out their time to go around and proclaim the goodness of God. Yes. Where is the church today? Where is the church? Why is the church still sleeping? Why is the church still dead today? When is a time that the world has never seen? It is a time that the church should arise more now than ever before. Why are we not proclaiming Jesus Christ? Now, I didn't say go around with the four-foot King James Bible and beat him up upside the head. Just go around and talk about the goodness of God. You are walking in the favor and the blessing of God, and yet you are holding it all into your own self instead of blessing others. You may invite them to church. 
say, hey, we got this going on. We got a revival coming on. We got we got this coming on, and, and we're having this at the church. Won't you come on by and try and and visit us? That's it. That's all you have to do. Proclaim the goodness of God. Or you may have something happen to you. You may have a situation or, or a season that you just come out of and, and, and you thought you'd never come out of, but when God brought you out, it blessed you and it encouraged you, and you can easily just take that instantly and go to somebody, or it may be a friend, a family, just somebody you come in contact with, and say, look, look what God, you know what God done to me the other day? Boy, he sure did bless me. I didn't know I, was, I had this bill, for example, and it was so it was so expensive, I don't know how I was going to pay it. But you know what happened to me? I had a, I had a check come in the mail. For this amount, it paid that bill. Not only did it pay that bill, but it also gave me more in the pocket. Bless me. You don't know what that may do to somebody. You don't know how much that may bless somebody. And all you're doing is proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. David saw so much when God pulled him out. And I'm closing. Honey, if you want to get ready, grab a song. If you're in a pit today, or it may be a pit, it may be a valley, it may be a time in your life, you may be facing something, going through something, I don't have to know what it is. God already knows what it is. But if you feel like you've become weak, unstable, you feel like you've lost your grounds, and it's like the more you, you try to get out of this on your own, it's like, I can't make it, brother. I, I've tried. I've tried. I've grown so tired and so weary. I need help this morning. I need help. We've all been there. We have all been there more than once. And if you need prayer this morning, or it may be a pit, it may be something completely off the subject, off of what I preached this morning. It, it, it may be something completely different. But as my wife begins to prepare this song, if you have a need this morning, I want to invite you to come. I love each and every one of you. I would not embarrass anybody in this, in this church for anything. But if you have a need, come and I would love to pray with you. Let's all worship the Lord as my wife sings a song.